right, all right, all right. Welcome, Pewter Report readers and listeners, to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. I am Mark Cook. I am flying solo, kind of solo. I do have a guest, but I am handling all the controls. I'm uh, the producer. I'm going to be pushing all the buttons, so there's a chance that this could be an absolute train wreck, but we're going to try really hard not to screw it up because we have a real professional beside me, as people can see, our good friend, that? He's back, he's back there on your bulletin board, right, right there in the middle. Is that Jameis Winston? No. Anyway, this is our buddy from the Tampa Bay Times, our good friend, Mr. Matt Baker. Matt, how are you, my friend? And, and thank you for joining us today. Of course. Thanks for having me. I'm 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 ready for this draft thing coming up. You know, it's been uh, a long while, and then uh, the season goes into the off season and spring ball, and then the draft, and then after this, I get to exhale a little bit. So I'm I'm ready to sprint through the finish, though. Where's the Baker family vacation at? Have you guys decided yet? Because I'm I'm sure you're a lot like us. You have to wait till after the NFL draft, and then you've got a little bit of a window before college football in your case starts and the NFL starts in our case. Where's where's the where are the Bakers going? Have you decided? We've got, yeah, we've got something in July uh, with some some of um, my, my in-laws up in North Carolina. We're looking at maybe doing something in June as well, just because you know it's been been a long time. I've got a, a lot of vacation because, uh, spoiler, I didn't get to use any last year. Um, so <laughs> wow. got, well, I mean, shoot, we didn't know if there was going to be a season, right? So That's I, true. I wasn't gonna use vacation then. So um, I'm looking and, and what to were you going to do? You weren't allowed to do anything last year, Matt. You just had to sit at home for a week. Why waste vacation time when you're already at home anyways, the way I look yeah, at there it. There you go. That's true. Well, Matt, um, I don't know if you know this or not, but our Computer Nation podcast is sponsored by our good friends at Celsius. Celsius is the premier energy drink on the market. Um, a great product. It's 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 not a, a product that's going to be loaded with sugar that's going to be that high and then that certain crash. It's going to keep you sustained throughout the time period, the day. Some guys drink a couple a day. Some guys can drink one every couple of days. Some guys can drink one an hour. I'm not saying replace your coffee with it, but it's not a bad alternative. It's certainly the best alternative if you're looking for an energy drink on the market. We've got a quick little sponsorship commercial we're going to play right now, and we'll be back to tell you, readers and listeners, how you can possibly get a Scotty Miller autograph football. Well, you see how we're going to do that. Now, I'm going to play the right video now. See, I knew I was going to screw this up. Just give you, guys a, little, give you guys a little peek of what you see here. There you go, Matt. That is our good friends at Celsius, their little commercial. And um, here's something that's really cool that we're doing. We're going to give away an autographed Scotty Miller football and a one-month supply of your favorite Celsius flavor. Now, there's going to be nine winners of the one-month supply and then one winner of a month supply plus a Scotty Miller autographed football. So it's real simple how you do it. You subscribe to Pewter Reports TV on YouTube. You follow Celsius Official on Facebook, on Twitter, or Instagram. You follow Scotty Miller on Twitter or Instagram. Just go to at Miller Time, three underscores 10. Screenshot those images, your proof of subscription to the Pewter Nation podcast and our Pewter Report TV and, uh, and our podcast and all of the follows of Scotty Miller. Then you just go to Celsius.com backslash computer you submit everything and you will be entered in to win that's scotty miller you see scotty in this picture right here signing a football uh you'll get that uh, or you may end up with a month supply of uh, your favorite uh, flavor of celsius so anyway we hope people will do that and uh subscribe all of those good things our good friends at celsius we appreciate all that they do for us i think i got that right was that okay matt did i do okay yeah you're fine 
Well, you give me like a C grade on it. I mean, I, f- I feel like I'm a uh, I'm, I'm a college athlete right now. And you're going to write an article about me in a couple minutes. C for Celsius sounds about right, right? Or Cook. I'll take either one. But uh, anyway, in case people don't know, Matt, just tell them uh, your, which I don't know why anybody listening would not know this. But uh, anyway, tell them, tell everybody what you do and uh, and how long you've been doing it and, and your job with the Tampa Bay Times. Sure. I've been with the Times. It'll be 10 years in July, which is pretty crazy. Um, but I'm a, a college football reporter. Um, I've been in this role since kind of the start of the 2015 season. Roam around a little bit. Uh, a lot of Florida, some Florida State, a little bit of Miami. Uh, might do more USF uh, this coming season as well. Just kind of, you know, if there's an important story or an interesting story involving state college football, I want to be right there in the middle of it, whether that's a team doing really well, a team firing a coach, whatever. That's kind of where I want to be. Well, I, I just want to uh, – we're going to spend this next hour talking nothing about uh, except Florida State football, if you don't mind, Matt, if it's okay with you guys. No? They are, no, they are for sure. They are a very interesting they, program. Interesting. I, I'll give you that. Uh, but we're not going to do that. I'm going to – I'll do that off the air with you one day. You can uh, you can give me the lowdown. I will say this about Matt Baker. Matt Baker prepared me for the Willie Taggart years. I just want to give you props there. You did a good job. Um, um, you, you warned me about, uh, the Willie Taggart years and, uh, we'll see what happens with coach Norvell. But anyway, people are here to talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers real quick. Now, something that, uh, we've already, um, um, well, something we haven't mentioned, but it's already all over inside of the, uh, inside of the pewter report chat right now. Uh, a big one, of course, is Antonio Brown is back with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers signs a one year deal with another year option on it. Um, and, uh, just real quick, Matt, just give me your general thoughts on Antonio Brown coming back. Did you think he was going to come back? Because I think a lot of us in the media, I was one that was kind of thinking, you know what, they don't need this guy. And, um, do they want to go through the aggravation potential aggravation of having him back on the roster um for you know for the production when you've guys got when you have guys like scotty miller and you have guys like tyler johnson and some of the younger guys that may be able to fill that role but just your quick general thoughts on antonio brown, i mean uh, uh, antonio brown coming back and then uh, and then we'll get into the college thing yeah i thought it was kind of a at this point they know who he is right they know the good the bad the ugly they've had him in the locker room for a while they know what kind of a teammate he is what kind of a person he is so if they were going to be scared off by anything, they already would have seen it. So I wasn't particularly surprised. I thought, you know, the, when the, the civil suit got settled, I kind of figured the next step would be uh, the Bucks signing in, signing him uh, and keeping him on. But yeah, I could, I could have seen the other side as well. And, you know, this is there's some really good receivers and kind of uh, players in, in that, you know, the, potentially at the 32 pick overall um, that the Bucks could have been interested in as well. But, you know, presumably Antonio Brown at least kind of limits that option closes that door at least a little bit yeah yeah he does and um again they, they, he does make him a more talented football team I, I think even as most hardened critics would say you know he's still a a, a productive football player uh, he certainly helped the team i was actually earlier today uh just had the super bowl on I, I i like to watch the tv broadcast i was there so i like to hear the commentary i love tony romo and and uh can't stand jim nance but I like tony romo and i uh, like to hear what he says as he predicts the plays three plays in ahead of time by the way i want to take tony romo to vegas one day because the guy's uh has a great knack of, of kind of knowing what's coming up in in football games but um but you know watching the game and i and i just recently i mean just a few minutes before i came in here he caught the touchdown pass uh to to extend the buccaneers lead so you know, he's certainly a, a talented football player. My general thoughts was he's still a volcano. I mean, yeah. vo- volcanoes don't just necessarily go away after they erupt one time. They tend to just kind of lay dormant until the next time. Now, you know, people in, in Italy, I guess it is, are still waiting on Mount Vesuvius to erupt again or, or which wherever that is. Uh, and, and they've been waiting for, you know, 2,000 years or however long it's been. But eventually it's going to. Scientists tell us that. In my mind... Dr. Mark, the scientist, says Antonio Brown is going to erupt again at some point. You just hope it isn't during his tenure or in the middle of a season and it could happen and disrupt his football team. Hopefully Tom Brady can kind of keep uh, keep 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 that from happening. Uh, but we'll see. It worked out last year. I hope it does work out for the Buccaneers again this year. Um, yeah, you're, you're, you're certainly certainly right there. I mean, the. the- with the saying, uh, the leopard doesn't change the spots, right? So right. Uh, at a certain point, this is kind of who he is. But again, the Bucks have had the opportunity to see who he is and, and get their own gauge on it. And 
that's the decision they made. I don't know that I would have made it, but again, the, the potential is there where he can be a very, very good receiver in this league still. And we saw that last year that he was productive. And maybe uh, him bringing him back just opens up more possibilities in terms of what they need with the draft and what they need uh, going forward. So, well, yeah, yeah, we'll just see how it works. I don't have a good read on it. We'll see. We'll see. And that's all you can do. And by the way, thanks for using the leopard doesn't change his spots instead of the gender doesn't lose his freckles. You know, I used to hear that all the time. Actually, I've never heard that. I just made that up. So uh, anyway. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm just reading some of the comments here from people who can't stand me. That's OK. Not a problem. Now, Matt, we're going to we're going to get into the uh, we're going to get into the uh, we're going to get into the college realm of things. There's a particular guy at the University of Florida that you watched. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, uh, and, and could be of some interest to the Buccaneers. We're going to talk about him, the Miami kids, some Florida kids, um, not a lot of USF kids. Sorry, Taylor Jenkins. But uh, throughout the show, throughout the time that you're on with us, Matt, we're just going to play a quick game. It's not really a long game, and we don't even need any commentary. I'm just going to ask you a quick question. What is your favorite Matt? And the first one is Matt Dillon versus uh, the actor Matt Dillon versus Sheriff Matt Dillon from Gunsmoke. Just who's your favorite? Actor Matt Dillon. And I, I love this. I love the idea of this game, by the way, because Matt's clearly run the world. There are so many Matt's. Um, there, <laughs> are, Matt. there are at least like two other Matt B's in college football media. So I'm right. like number in the Matt B pecking right. order of 30 something in college football media. That, no, that tells you how many Matt's there are. There are, are a lot. There are a lot of mats. When when I had Cam Brate on, we played the uh, we actually had a round of sixteen with Cam Brate of famous cams. And uh, by the time I got down to sixteen, there was not a lot of them. By no. the way, so uh, but there was plenty of mats to choose from. All right, so you had the and this isn't a round robin. We're just going to occasionally ask you. You're going to go with uh, you're going to sure. go with the actor Matt Dillon. Not a yeah. bad choice. Love the Outsiders. One of my favorite movies growing up. Anyway, speaking of Outsiders, not that that's a good transition or segue. Kyle Trask. The guy you watched at University of Florida the last two years. Um, the Buccaneers are not going to take Kyle Trask at 32. That's our, our general consensus, uh, our general feeling from the Pewter Report staff. Um, speaking to some people and, and, and getting vibes and things like that, it doesn't appear that that's going to happen. However, maybe he's there in the second round. Reports have come out that Trask is, is one of those guys that uh, – um, you know, is 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 he the sixth quarterback, the seventh, the eighth? Which one to come off of the board? And if that's the case, if he's you know six, seven, or eight, it's going to be a day two guy. And Buccaneers maybe could have some interest at that point. But you have seen Kyle Trask, and when I wrote the story back in January, Matt, you were the first person I called because I knew you had firsthand information on the type of guy he was. And in the column I wrote, the Buccaneers should consider drafting Kyle Trask. You actually didn't think that was a smart move at that point. Has anything changed in your mind? And tell us your thoughts on Kyle Trask, why he would be, what was some of his good traits that would fit with the Buccaneers and some traits that maybe don't fit with the Buccaneers. Yeah. So I'll just kind of give you the, the pros and cons here first. And Rick Strat and I have talked about it quite a bit on the Tampa Bay Times podcast. And I wrote something the other day on tampabay.com about just why it would make sense. So here's the arguments for him. Um, if you once look, the, the Bucks have a quarterback. His name is Tom Brady. He's pretty good, is, is what I understand. They don't need somebody who can start decent. right away. Yeah, decent. Um, but they might want somebody who can learn for a couple, for a year or two, um, be the backup, be good in that backup role. If something happens to Brady, he gets hurt, um, can kind of go in immediately and, and play quickly and play at a high level on, on no notice because he's been taking all the notes while holding the That's Kyle Trask. That's what he did in high school. He was a backup at Manville High in Texas to De'Ara King, who's a fantastic player at the University of Miami right now. Uh, that's what he did in his first couple years in college, backing up, I think it was two or three different guys in the, early on, and then Felipe Franks until Franks got hurt. And then once it was his opportunity, he went out and had a very good uh, first season and a you know, historic, one of the arguably one of the best seasons in the history of Florida football uh, this past year and, and finished fourth in the Heisman. So he's a guy who does all the right things behind the scenes to prepare himself, even if he's not the guy. He's shown he has no ego. He's shown he can learn like that. He's shown that he's capable when his time was called. He played at a very high level. In high school, too, I think it was 16 touchdowns, no interceptions in his limited duty there. Um, so the cons on him, I think, are this. Um, I guess one other pro, uh, very accurate, very nice touch on the ball, I think usually makes good decisions. But Mel Kuyper used the word limited to describe Kyle Trask's uh, physical skill, and I think that's probably a fair word. Um, his arm is fine, but it's not great. You know, you, you watch the way his balls travel through the air. It, it doesn't have a lot of zip on it. 
and certainly not all the time. Um, there's a wobble to it. It's uh, pillowy is kind of the word I've heard somebody use to describe it. <laughs> Leisurely. Right. It, look, it'll, it, this ball will get there when it gets there. Don't worry about it. Um, and I think that's pretty fair. I think he, his mobility is the other big question that he certainly tried to prove wrong at his pro day. Um, he moves well enough in the pocket. I don't think that's the issue. But once he gets outside, um, he, he's not the most mobile runner. Uh, I think it was right. like 54 rushing yards over his career with the Gators. That, he's not going to beat you with his leg. He can get you a sneak. He can, you know, he can score a two-yard touchdown, that sort of thing. But he's not going to go out and break the game with his legs. So those are kind of the pros and cons. I don't – Maybe in the second round or third round, the Bucks view him as that much of a value. And the Bucks are in a fantastic position right now, right? Where they really can't right. take the best right. players available as they see it. They don't have a ton of obvious needs. They're choosing between a guy they think can develop into a starter in a couple of years versus a guy that's going to be a backup linebacker or whatever it is. There's a lot of value in that position. And there's also something to the idea of continue regularly drafting a quarterback because you never know which one is going to hit. Because the, the draft is just such a crapshoot. Would I pick him in the first round? No, I would not. I would be surprised if somebody reached up there and did. Um, second or third, that's when it starts to get intriguing and where right. that, it might be. I guess you have to look at it as a value proposition, too. I mean, you're not going, Carl Trask is not going to play for the Buccaneers this year, most likely next year. So that's two years. So do you draft a guy? That you know, you're is never going to see the field in the next couple of years when you can draft somebody that potentially could see the field this year, probably in a limited role because the Buccaneers have brought back all of their starters, but you don't know how injuries happen. Um, but I mean, you certainly want your first round or your second round or your third round draft picks this year to be, you know, important players for you in 2022 and beyond. And you just don't know that with Trask. Now, my 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 pros to it, uh, a lot of the same ones you have, you know, he, he's a winner. Um, he, he's a smart kid. He's, he's a tough kid. It seems like his teammates like the guy a lot. Um, you're right. His balls don't, uh, they're, they're not zipping. You don't hear the whistle of the football. I remember, I think it was, uh, yeah, it was Scott Reynolds and I, a few years ago at the East West, uh, shrine game in St. Petersburg, we were just standing on the sideline back before, you know, we were back when we could do those kind of things. And, yeah. uh, I think it was, uh, it, it wasn't Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, it was Derek Carr was actually there, I believe in that game or, and then he ended up – it was one of those two guys. But I just remember you could literally hear the whistle as as the ball left his hand. Uh, you know, it, it was just uh, because he had such velocity on the ball. And uh, that's not what you're going to get from Kyle Trask. By the way, you said pillowy. Uh, I've been described as pillowy for a number of years. Uh, I'm not I'm not going to prove to you why by removing my shirt, but um, it's that's a pretty Thank good uh, pretty good uh, description of, of his footballs as well. Um, so – Second round, maybe. Um, I think I, I don't know that. You know, I still think a team's gonna gonna be intrigued by, uh, you know, some of those pros that you talked about, and and probably draft him ahead of the Buccaneers in the second round if the Buccaneers have that interest in him. We do know that the Buccaneers do like Kyle Trask. They they think highly of him and and think he could be an NFL quarterback one day. He's not a day one type starter, most likely. Um, you know, as some of these other guys are, but truly. Is any quarterback really a day one starter? Now, you saw Justin Herbert come in last year and, and do a great job, and Joe Burrow was doing fine, except he was on a terrible football team. Um, you know, is anybody really a day one starter coming out of college? Uh, probably, tre you know, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, we'll see. I, I, you know, and I didn't write that down. I got to get your thoughts on Trevor Lawrence. And and let's just go into that. No, no, let's keep going Buccaneer stuff. We're going to get into the Trevor. I want to ask you about Trevor Lawrence. And the oh, I, Meyer. I've got one more thing on, on Trask, if that's okay. Sure. Um, I think here's how I would sum him up. Look, there was the reason he was a backup in high school and college, and, and it was that his physical, physical tools, he's got size, but he's just not oozing with tools like some of the other guys. But here's how I would describe this game. Uh, there was a play, his first start, it was home against Tennessee. Levi Franks had, had, you know, had that, that awful ankle injury the week before. Comes back to Tennessee. Um, I think it was his first pass of the game. It was a deep ball over the middle to his third receiver, which was Trayvon Grimes. It was a very nice play. And I remember thinking in the press box, oh, that's pretty nice. And then talking to people afterwards, I, I realized that it was the third read on the play. So here's what happened. Felipe Franks, if he had made that throw, it would have been a touchdown because Kyle Trask underthrew it a little bit. Right. But the difference between Franks and Trask is that Trask had the patience and the thought 
to look one, two, three, and get it to uh, the third one. He just didn't have the, the, the arm strength or didn't make the, a strong enough throw at that point to, to lead his receiver enough where instead of a 40-yard pass or whatever it was, it's a touchdown. That's right. the difference between right. Trask and, and, and Franks and some of the other guys in the draft. Trask made the right decision. He just didn't have the tools to make it to a very nice play into a great play. I see. Well, that, that's, a, that's, that's a great point. That's a great thing you pointed out, a specific play. Um, a, a guy that, that has been kind of rocketing up draft boards a little bit over the last few weeks, and a guy that I know a, Buc- a lot of Buccaneer fans have mentioned even in our chat right now today, is, uh, is Texas A&M quarterback Kellen Mond, uh, coached by one of my favorite coaches of all time, of course, Jimbo Fisher. Um, Number one, right? Number one, when well, no, he's down the list behind Bobby. And uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So, so, so Jimbo has Kellen Mond. Uh, this is a guy that's gotten better every year, right? The last three seasons, you look at his numbers, his completion percentage goes up, his interceptions go down. Um, I've watched him play a lot because I do watch Texas A&M when they're on because I want to see how Jimbo Fisher does. I'm not going to say I'm always cheering for him. Sometimes I cheer for him to lose. I've got that love hate relationship with Jimbo, of course. But, um, but I, but I saw a lot of Kellen Mond. Uh, and AM was on on you know the SEC's on anytime you want to watch their games pretty much. So uh, your thoughts on on Mond again? I know you didn't cover him specifically, but you've seen him play and um, and and you know his projections into the NFL. Some of his uh, his strengths and some of maybe his some of his weaknesses as well. Yeah, he's definitely more mobile than, than Kyle Trask. I think he and he's you know, again fairly toolsy. I think he's got a, a, a better arm than Trask. Um, but what's interesting here though is. Jimbo Fisher quarterbacks, and that's probably something we can probably talk about. You know, yeah. he, he introduced uh, quite a few of them over the years. Um, some of them are, are have you know, more big names. Uh, Jamarcus Russell at LSU, James Winston at Florida State, Christian Ponder uh, at Florida State, EJ Manuel for Florida State. All those guys were first round picks. How how they do in the pros? You know, it's uh, it's still to be determined by uh, you know Christian Ponder. He could still come back and uh, you know make his name in the NFL one day. Yeah. No, I, I get where you're going. I mean, if I'm a college high school kid, I'm going to go play for Jimbo Fisher because I'm going to get drafted in the first round or the second. You know, I'm going to be a you know I'm going to be a pro ready quarterback. Now, again, Jimbo can't go make the throws for him once they get the NFL, and maybe they don't get as good a coaching as he got at Florida State or or at Texas A&M or even as Jamarcus Russell got at LSU, but. Um, yeah, no, I see where you're going with this. It's, it's you know, our, our team's going to be leery of drafting a Jimbo Fisher quarterback. But I, I personally think that's a that's a load of crap. I mean, Jimbo sure. can teach him and, and you know, but he can only, you know, again, he can only do so much, right? Um, you know, you could say that technically about Florida quarterbacks. I mean, you know, the Florida's had Heisman <laughs> Trophy winners and things like that. And, you know, I hate when people say don't draft a blank school quarterback because they never pan out. Well, you know, again, how many quarterbacks from, you know, uh, from from some small schools that went on to be great quarterbacks? I mean, Aaron Rodgers, right? He didn't come from 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 the Alabamas and, and, and the Tennessees and the things of that world. Yet he's been a great quarterback. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, a quarterback U type school. And I don't know that there is a court. What, 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 what's the best quarterback U school out there? I mean, I'd have to do some re- research on that, but I think it's pretty spread. I don't think you can pinpoint and pigeonhole a particular school as a bad pro quarterback school versus a good pro quarterback school. It's, it's about the athlete, the coaching they have around them and the talent they have once they get to the NFL, because, you know, most of these guys are pretty good when they get to the league, but there's a lot of intangibles or a lot of not intangible isn't the right word. A lot of, you know, uh, mitigating factors that go into having success as a quarterback in the NFL. And I'm not going to pin it on just the school. Yeah. I think Miami would be one of the the, the top ones with, with Kosar and Kelly. And, yeah. And yeah. Those guys kind of we're, we're going back a bit. Um, it's funny you mentioned the, the Gators and their quarterback. I, I laughed. You know, we had something on, on TampaBay.com the other day. Of, uh, I ranked the kind of in the modern era, the top Gators quarterbacks uh, when they were drafted and then kind of based on their pro careers. Rex Grossman was number one. <laughs> that tells you something. Didn't Rex we're, Grossman we're, split Rex time on the field at Florida? I mean, was he part of that? Uh, yeah. The two-headed they monster? Were, yeah, they've had – They've had so many good quarterbacks over the years at the college level. Again, right. Rex and Tebow and Matthews sure. and, sure. and go back to Spurrier. But at the NFL, they have not really panned out. And I, I, I'm with you. I think it's 
it's kind of silly. You judge the player, not the, the program and not yeah. the uniform. But yeah. I think it's important to, to view Jimbo in that lens and the, and the quarterbacks as well, because I, I wonder you know, his, his offense, one of the selling points with James to the Bucks, right, was how complicated and how pro style Jimbo's offense was. And after a handful of them haven't panned out at the next level, I wonder if how much that pro style offense helps versus how much it kind of complicates their, their thought process. I, I just think that's a, a fair question to ask. And, it, and it's relevant now with, with Kellen Mon too. Yeah. I think he's in that. I would probably put him as a sixth quarterback outside of that top five. I think he would probably be next. And I think I like him over Davis Mills from Stanford and probably over Trash. Yeah, me too. But, but I don't, I don't, I don't love him either. Right. Um, all right. Let's, let's talk about, uh, and again, not that the Buccaneers have any chance at all, but just brief thoughts. How great. I don't even want to, I, I take that back. Let me rewind. How good is Kyle Pitts going to be in the NFL? I don't ever want to call anybody great, but he's going to be really, really good, isn't he? Yeah, he's going to be awesome. Um, you, you look at the way the the tight end has evolved from the, the big guys who would go out and you know run a, a short out or something and get an eight-yard catch, uh, but mostly they were blockers. And you compare that to um, what what Kyle Pitts is, where he's a, he's an adequate blocker, not a great blocker, but he's adequate. But you know, six five, two forty five, runs a, I think it's a four four five forty, something like that. The longest or largest wingspan of any tight end of the, the kind of modern uh, draft era um, can jump out of the gym. All of those tools, the way he can move from you know, traditional tight end, flex them out, that sort of thing. He's going to be a matchup nightmare in the NFL. Where uh, to bring this to the Bucks? I do not want to be the Bucks having to scheme against him if he goes to Atlanta at number four. Yeah. No, that's not a matchup you can win very often. He's going to be a Travis Kelsey, George Kittle light player. I think he's got a higher ceiling than both of them. You, you know what? I, I think you're absolutely right. I think I think he's a, I think he's a better athlete than both of those guys. And and he's he's like you say the wingspan, the frame, um, his ability to go up and and, and catch a tough ball, um, like like some of the uh, great guys that can go up and, and make the incredible highlight real catch, you know, occasionally he'll let one bounce off his hands on an easy one. But, uh, but I just love his athleticism. I love, um, you know, I love everything about him and people say, well, he's not a great blocker. Look, you're not drafting Kyle Pitts to be blocking the guy. There's plenty of guys you can go out there and draft, right? If you need somebody to block, draft another offensive lineman, if you want to just, uh, you don't want to waste Kyle. Uh, I mean, Kyle Pitts talent. Um, by by having him as a blocker, so uh, that's something I wanted to ask you about. Again, Buccaneers have no shot at this guy. Um, a guy that you know they may have an opportunity. I don't think they will. I don't know um, if they have interest in this guy. We haven't heard a whole lot about it. Uh, we know that the Buccaneers were at Florida's pro day, but a guy like Kadarius Tony, where where do you see him fitting in in the NFL? And and do you have a comp player to him? I mean, what what type of player can he be? Is he is he a gadget player? Is he going to be a pure receiver? Is he going to be um, you know, a third down back? I mean, where, where do you see Kadarius Tony and the success he might have in the NFL? Well, the the obvious comp was Percy Harvin, just because I mean at, at college with, with the Gators, he was the best thing they've had to kind of at the move him around, just get him the ball they've had since Percy Harvin. Um, what was interesting to me about Kadarius Tony is his evolution, right? You know, he was a uh, joined at Florida. He started taking reps at quarterback because they thought maybe he could do it. That, that, I mean, he's got a great arm. Like He might have had the strongest arm among the quarter or among the, the whole Gators team last year. But Didn't even not, know that. Wow. Oh, yeah. He's a, he's a great quarterback. He, he's, he'll tell you he can throw it 60 yards or something now. I, I don't know if that's accurate. Um, the, the 2018, the Dan Mullen Bowl in Starkville, when they uh, you know, Mullen's Gators went back to play his old team, he had the go-ahead touchdown pass on a trick play. Um, yeah. You know that gives him a little bit of versatility. You're not going to play that quarterback a lot, but he can do it. Um, I, I think just with his ability, again, we talked about with, with Kyle Pitts moving around, creating good matchups. He's a guy that can do that as well. Um, he's not quite Tyreek Hill because he's not that much. He's not that fast. Nobody. But he's a guy who you can run, you can put up in, at running back, you can put him in the slot, you can move him at receiver. And, and I guess the, the thing that most impressed me about him this year is, is he went from, in, in 2018 and 2019, Mullen would often say that he's a guy you need to get the ball, um, but you don't know what's going to happen. It could be, it's going to be exciting. It could be really good or really bad. It's going to be yeah. one or the other. And, and, but they would do things to get him the ball, the jet sweeps, the flips, the short passes. But in 2020, he became more of a well-rounded receiver. 
it wasn't a thing where, you know, I, I'm, I'm Kyle Trask, I have to make sure he gets the ball, I have to feed it to him. No, it would happen in the natural flow of the offense as he became, went from a great athlete to a more polished receiver. Now he's going to have steps to go in, in terms of refining things at the next level, of course, like, like anybody does. But that, to me, at least showed that there's a possibility that he can become a pure receiver and not just a gadget. So yeah, if the Bucks, if he's there at 32, that I think the Bucks should absolutely take him because it just adds one more weapon that can help kind of put you over the edge this year as you try and defend the Super Bowl. I worry about a team like uh, like the, I mean, you worried about the the Falcons getting Kyle Pitts. You know, I I, I worry about a team like the Saints. Maybe uh, imagine him on that fast turf uh, up at the Superdome, and and uh, you know, with with Sean Payton's mind, the way he utilizes guys and his gadgets and things like that. Uh, I think he would be a tremendous fit up in New Orleans. And again, I would not want to be Todd Bowles trying to figure out how you're gonna you know keep an eye on this guy while you're also trying to figure out. Um, you know, what Sean Payton's going to do. I guess the advantage to that is, uh, and I'm sure I'm surprised no one said it yet here, um, Jameis Winston will be throwing the football so you know that, you know, you can, you, you'll be able to defend the Saints offense. But, I, you know, I don't know. Let, let's talk about that real quick. Um, again, people know your history with Jameis Winston um, and, and no need to get into any of that now unless you want to. But no, there's no need to get into that. Real quick, though, before we do that, uh, Matthew McConaughey or Matthew Broderick, which was in your favorite? McConaughey, hook up him, right? <laughs> That's true. All right, we're going to go with McConaughey there. Now, going back to Jameis Winston uh, in New Orleans, how do you think he's going to fit in there? Can he resurrect his career? Again, you watched him at Florida State. You saw probably every game that he played. You were there for the national championship game in, in the 2013 season. You were there for the very first playoff game. Uh, the following year when they lost to Oregon, I think that score was um, 59-58. It was a real close game, came down to the last second. Is that right, Matt? I can't uh, slip it in was my mind. It was actually 59-20, and hmm. uh, yeah. Tom Jones was in the press box next to me. I think we were done writing in the third quarter. Yeah, I was done watching. I didn't stop watching, but I was—I uh, knew it was over at that point. But, you know, you've seen Jameis Winston play. You certainly saw, certainly saw him here his five years in Tampa Bay. You saw the 5,000 yards. You also saw the, the 30 interceptions. Um, and that's something that dates back to his last year at Florida State. You know, his first year at Florida State, interceptions weren't really an issue. It came down to that second year when uh, interceptions and turnovers became an issue. Can Jameis Winston revive his career under Sean Payton in New Orleans? Your thoughts on Jameis? Can he? Yes, this is a bad answer. Can he? Yes. Will he? I don't know. Um, yeah. It depends on him and how much the last couple of years have humbled him. And I do think there has been some progress. I mean, you, you look to the uh, the way things ended in Tampa with, with a check your sheet, right? And then you look at going from checking a sheet to him checking out the door and heading to New Orleans to be a backup. Yeah. If that humbled him enough, um, yeah. And I'm sure it did. Um, I, I think he can change. And he's also going to have to just change the mindset, right? Because Jameis is an extremely confident guy. He's, he always has been, and I, I think he probably always will be. But he's had to learn or has to learn if he's going to succeed that there's times you don't want to force a throw. There's times where yeah. incompletion is the best thing. There's times where, um, yeah, maybe you can make that throw, but should you? And, and, and just the forcing thing, that's what led to all, you know, I think kind of what made him great or was helped make him great is also what led to his downfall. Um so I don't know if he can. Um, Absolutely. I, I, think it, I think it was interesting that the Saints didn't just give him the free reign. It's going to be a competition. There. And we'll see whether he's able yeah. to, what he's able to do with that. Because he's, I mean, clearly he's talented. He has a great arm. And everything that we saw at Florida State that made him a, a Heisman winner and everything. It's just, can he make the right decisions? And I don't know yet. All right. People are complaining. We're talking about Jameis Winston. Um, all right, all right, all right. Isn't that surprising? You know, I mean, again, I'm not talking about Jameis Winston only because I'm a Florida State fan because it doesn't matter now. But I mean, here's a guy that you covered Jameis Winston throughout his college career. You broke some major news about Jameis Winston, and he's going to be facing the Buccaneers most likely twice next season. So I think it is a little relative, regardless of what Charles Abrams had to say. Who said, uh, let's put Charles as a, ugh, how droll Jameis Winston talk. Okay, we'll stop, Charlie. No more Jameis right. Winston talk. Well, we might bring him up a little bit later. Just kidding. Let's go back to some draft talk. Uh, yep. I don't know how long you can hang out with us. We, we we don't go past an hour here. We're already at 34 minutes, man. If you can hang out for another 20 minutes, that would be great. 
We're good. Got me we're for good. another 20. All right. My four-year-old's uh, not banging on the door yet, so we're all right. He's not four. Quit saying that. The kid was just born like a month ago. I remember seeing when he was born. How in the world is he four years old, man? He's, he's four. You, you can't see the, the, the white piece of paper up there. Uh, during this season, you know, I'm, a, I'm an AP top 25 voter, but at one point this year, I was doing my, my ballot on the kitchen table, and he wanted to do it too. So he sat next to Daddy, and he did his top 25. Good job. Wisconsin was number one that week, by the way. Uh, Bama two, Northwestern three. The kid's not the kid. The kid's the kid's a natural, and he's got a he's got a great dad, a great writer, and a great college football mind uh, to help him out there. Some Miami kids again. Now there's more of a possibility here. We we know Kyle yeah. Trask and and Pitts and those guys aren't, but the Buccaneers may have a choice of of three Miami defensive players uh, with that number thirty two pick. You've got Rousseau. Of course, and uh, Jalen Phillips and Quincy Roche. Uh, those three guys, again, you've seen your fair share of those guys in person and obviously on television as well. Your general thoughts on those three, and which one do you think, if he were to be available, would be the better fit for the Buccaneers? Quincy Roche is the, the clear number three in that group. Um, he was yeah. very productive in college, uh, both at, at Miami this past year and also he was the AAC Defensive Player of the Year at Temple. He's just not as toolsy as the others. He's not as quick, not as explosive, not as big. Um, so, yeah, he would be make sense as a, as a potential mid-round guy, something like that. But he's not in the, the Rousseau-Phillips tier. Um, to me, uh, Greg Rousseau and Jalen Phillips are interesting for just the polar opposite reasons. You know, Greg Rousseau was uh, – there, there's no – I mean, there's one year of film on him, right? And in 2018, he played sparingly. He redshirted. 2019 has 15 and a half sacks, second only to, to Chase Young. Um, in 2020, he opted out. Jalen Phillips is kind of just the flip side of that, where he didn't do a lot early on. You know, he, he was number one recruit in the country, went to UCLA, had had injury issues, flamed out, resurfaces at Miami, and he has one fantastic 2020 season. Um, so it, it's it's just interesting that on one hand we're looking at a guy who has one year of, of film, but it's old because of what happened because of he opted out. The other one is one guy, very talented. Had one very good year, but it was this past year. It's right. you know, so a little bit more uh, recent there. I, I think uh, of the two, I would prefer Jalen Phillips. Um, I think he's a little bit. I mean, you just look at him; he's he's long, he's explosive, he's got power. It seems like every time I would watch a Miami game this year, maybe with the exception of like the North Carolina debacle and, and Clemson as well, uh, you look up and he's doing something. He wasn't necessarily getting a tackle for a loss, but he was you know pushing the tackle. He was making his presence felt in a way that you know, Rousseau had a fantastic year as well in 2019, but I'm just a little less convinced on it um, just because it was a bit ago and he had the yeah. one break of the year. And, and <clears throat> Jalen Phillips is a guy that college football people have known about for a long time because of his talent potential. He's again, number one recruit in the country in 2017. Injury concerns with, with Rousseau, I mean, I'm sorry, with, uh, with Phillips, I guess, is, yeah. is, the, is the biggest question mark. But if I'm the Buccaneers and, and he's there at 32, I think it would be a, a great pick. Again, you're not risking the overall number 10 pick or top five pick uh, on a guy. You're risking number 32. And again, you don't ever want to blow a first round draft pick or make a mistake with a guy that plays a couple years or has some injury issues or is the next Mitch Unrine who, you know, has one training camp, a concussion, and, and then is never heard from again. You, um, you know, you want that guy, whether he's the number one overall pick or the number 32 pick, you need number one picks to succeed and be successful for your team. Uh, but, but I mean, I, that to me, I, I, if, 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 if he checked out up in Indy, uh, if he checked out with, with the NFL doctors and things like that, and, um, and the Buccaneers feel comfortable with it, I think that would be a hell of a pick for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, because they're not getting younger on that defensive line or that outside linebacker position, and they need guys who can get to the quarterback. And, and you're right, he's, he's a tremendous athlete, a tremendous talent. So that would be my guy. Certainly out of those three, he would be the one that I would like the most. He, sorry, he just got so much upside. You know, Rousseau does too. I think Rousseau is riskier because it is the the one year as a sophomore, and um, he just blew up. His frame blew up. Yeah. Whereas Jalen's had, you know, at least flashes where you could project this is what this guy is going to be. Um, yeah. And you know, pass rushing is an absolute premium in the NFL. Sure. The most important guys are your quarterbacks, the guys who catch the passes, the guys who protect him on 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 the outside, and the guys who can get after the quarterback. So he plays one of the premium positions. And the high upside there, and there's a lot of value. It might not work, um, but I think that's one of those risks worth taking for sure. Yeah. Um, 
Friday Night Lights quarterback star of NBC series Friday Night Lights, Matt Saracen or uh, Matthew Modine uh, from the 80s, Matt, the actor? Matt Saracen. I love Saracen. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Was, was that of, not one of the our, best TV shows ever? I, Friday Night Lights was great. If anybody out there has not seen that show, just watch it. I, I coached high school football for about six years at Plant City. Go Raiders. Um, it's very, very the most accurate, in, in my opinion, of, of any football genre movie, NFL or, or, or high school or college or whatever. You know, I mean, I've, I've seen all the NFL movies in any given Sundays and the in the high school movies and things like that. Uh, but it's such a such a great series. And uh, love Matt Saracen, even though he tended that was to. One of our, sorry, that was one of our pandemic uh, binges in the early yes. stages. The second show, we were like, all right, let's let's binge this. Yeah, same thing, same thing, same thing. Yeah, and uh, and anyway, ter- terrific show. So you're going with Saracen there. We've only got a few more of these to go. I think people are probably saying, shut up, Cook. Let's talk more football, real-life stuff. We will now because we're going to switch gears to a team up in Tallahassee. Um, again, I, I people ask me, you know, I, I get asked probably three or four times a week, you know, which Florida State guide would you like to see the Buccaneers draft? I say none, and I say that only because – I don't know how to judge any of these guys. I, I just think the coaching has been awful since Jimbo left. Maybe even that last year that Jimbo was there. But and there were some questions. I was never a Rick Trickett fan on the offensive line when Jimbo was there. I, but you know, you're gonna you can't have you know ten all star coaches, right? Even though the Buccaneers staff is pretty damn good right now. But you see what I'm saying. Um, so it's hard for me to evaluate or judge anything that has come out of Tallahassee in the last few years. There have been a couple mocks that have Asante Samuel Jr. as a number 32 pick, and he'll probably be there at that point for the Buccaneers if they decided to go cornerback. I don't know that they do, but if they decided to, he may be there. Uh, your thoughts on on any of the Florida State guys? I guess you got Janoris Robinson, uh, Scary Terry, the receiver, who is one of our best bets as a day two or three guy, but or a day three guy. But um, but but your thoughts mainly on 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 Asante Jr or Samuels Jr., um, certainly comes from a great pedigree, uh, but is that enough to get him, uh, you know, to the to, to have success in the NFL, in other words? Yeah, he, he had a very um, – and he had a fine career. Um, I think he had more uh, passes, defense, to the breakups and interceptions than he did games played, which is a nice stat. Um, <laughs> only the, the third null since 2000 to have at least two fumble recoveries and, and three interceptions in the same year, which he did this past year as an all-ACC player. The concern I have on him is size. He's, I think he's listed at 5'10", 180 is what he is. So he's not, you know, doesn't have great length. He's not, um, he's just undersized. And I think at, at the cornerback position with the way that things have evolved there uh, and, and the way that the passing game has evolved, that's a concern I would have. Um, I would look at him at number 32, but I think the Bucks probably have, have bigger needs. And, and, uh, yeah. and, and just, I don't know if that's the, the one that makes sense. Um, looking elsewhere at Florida State, uh, you mentioned Scary Terry to Morian Terry. I think he's a very interesting prospect because, I mean, look, all he did was catch long touchdowns, is, yeah. which is a fantastic skill to have if you can do it consistently. Uh, it, his route was pretty much run straight, run that way, and, and then go up and, and catch it. Um, so I, I think he's a very intriguing prospect. M- Marvin Wilson is the guy that I'm probably most interested in. Because if you had told me a year ago, first of all, I didn't expect him to come back for this past No, season. I don't think anybody did. Because he was a potential first-round guy. He was a five-star recruit out of Texas, top uh, D-tackle in the country that year. Is kind of, kind of part of last Jimbo's last uh, recruiting class. Um, had flashes of success at Florida State, wasn't necessarily consistent, had some injury issues. And this past year, didn't look explosive uh, on a no, not good team. No. You can't blame him for everything that, that went on. Um, and then uh, opted out or kind of shut down, I guess I should say, because of uh, a knee injury. I-, I think he's a guy who has a lot of upside, but it's kind of crazy to me that he he's now we're talking about him as a day three prospect. I would not have expected that a year or two ago. But he's a guy that I think would be interesting. Just I'm, I'm curious to see where he lands and, and where he ends up. Yeah. I, 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 D-tackle, as uh, was Jason Light said the other day, not a lot of great D-tackles interior linemen. No, it's it's a weak class, and 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 Ty T, one of our readers, commented Marvin Wilson in the fourth or fifth. I wouldn't hate. I don't know that he gets to fourth or fifth. I mean, you know, I I I 
I'm with you. I was shocked that he came back. Uh, I think in hindsight, he would have left last year because he was a first-round draft pick. He probably was mid to late first-round guy. That's the grades that we saw early on before he made the decision to come back and just was not a good year. I'm, I agree with you with the, when, when he was on the field. Um, we don't know if he was bothered by some other injuries or things like that or distracted by, you know, worried about getting hurt. You know, I, I don't know what the problem was, but he was not the same Wilson that we saw um, the, the previous couple years, unfortunately, for Florida State. But, you know, I think, uh, you know, third round guy, I would not even hesitate to, to, to draft him there. I think um, particularly in a class that just isn't very deep and very good at the defensive tackle position. He's a big, stout man who. You know, he's not a guy that's going to get lateral very good, but he's very strong. He plugs the middle and, and he can overpower centers and guards, um, you know, when he when he when he wants to. Again, I don't know. I, I wish I knew more about it, but it's hard to evaluate those guys. Again, I think the coaching has been very suspect up in Tallahassee the last few years. So hard to say, but we'll see maybe a late third round if, you know, when the Buccaneers are on the clock at that point, uh, wouldn't have a problem with that at all. Uh, so there we go. We've kind of ran through the state schools. That's not true. There's UCF out there, and and Taylor Jenkins, one of our beat writers here, he's a huge, huge UCF fan. There's a USF. I can't remember, Matt. Oh, yeah, USF. So he hates UCF. Any any USF or UCF guys just off the top of your head that, that you see as, as potential fits here in Tampa or, you know, just general uh, draftable guys in the NFL? I know that UCF has some guys that will definitely be drafted. Uh, but just your general thoughts on any of those that maybe that you remember seeing or stood out to you at all. Yeah, I mean, Richie Grant from from UCF, the DB there is, is a, I don't know that he's a first round guy, but he's probably a second round guy, one of the better kind of safety prospects in this draft. So and, and again, I don't know that he makes sense for the Bucks necessarily, but he's a name at least to know. Um, the Bulls top prospect is KJ Sales, who's a, a DB. I don't know that he'll get drafted. I think he's probably an undrafted you know, priority free agent type guy. He can be a returner as well. I, I don't talk a lot about the, the players as, as people a lot, um, just because I, most of these players, I'm not going to pretend to know them as human beings. I'm right. just not right. going to go with them. But KJ is as impressive a 21, 22-year-old, whatever he is, as you're going to be. Um, you know, I've, been, I've spoken to him a couple times, just talking to him at his pro day the other day. He is an impressive guy. He is put together. He's mature. He has it figured out. Does that mean he's going to be a great player in the NFL? No, of course not. It's about his physical tools and everything else. But I do think it's worth mentioning that he, you know, he is an impressive guy that if, if he gets, you know, wherever ch chance he's get, he's not going to blow up because he did something stupid. And right. I just do think it's You know, and, and teams need guys that are, are depth guys. I mean, we saw USF Bull bounce around here in Tampa Bay the last couple of years and Mazzy Wilkins and things like that. And 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 we don't know um, you know, how how these guys are gonna uh, pan out. Um, you know, you need special teams guys, you need those guys, you need insurance guys, Matt. And you know what? I bring up insurance. You know why I bring up insurance, Matt? I bring up insurance because Briar Greaves is one of our sponsors here. And Briar Greaves has been in business for over 30 years in the Tampa Bay area, and they're huge Buccaneer fans, Matt. They handle every line of insurance. In fact, Matt, I'm going to send you Briar's information, because, and I'm sure the wife handles this because she's much smarter than you with finances and things like that. But um, when, it's, when it's time to renew the homeowner's insurance, when it's time to renew the automobile insurance, when it's time to up your life insurance, when you're getting on that flight to go to Montana or wherever you might be going on a cold December evening to watch a college football game, she needs to bump up that life insurance. But she can do that by going to briargreaves.com or calling them at 813-876-4166. She can talk to Sam. She can talk to Briar. She can talk to anybody in the office. And, and, and the worst scenario is, Matt, they'll say, you know what, Mrs. Matt, we can't help you out. You got a good policy where you're at right now. Stay where you are. Uh, but she may be able to save you guys some money. And, uh, and I think everybody listening right now should contact Briar Greaves as soon as this podcast is over, of course. Write down the number, 813-876-4166. Contact Briar Greaves for all of your insurance needs. There is no one listening right now that doesn't have some sort of insurance need, and Briar Greaves can handle that for you. So, Matt, make sure to uh, give him a shout at some point. And, uh, and even if you're listening and you don't, for whatever reason, you're happy with what you've got, just give him a call. Just tell them what you got right now. Let them compare prices. It doesn't cost you a single thing in the world. Worst case scenario, you spend 15 minutes on the phone and talk a little bit of Buccaneer football with a couple of big Bucks fans and Sam 
or Briar Greaves, briargreavesinsurance.com. All right, Matt, Matt Lauer or Matt LeBlanc? This is a tough one. Just kidding. LeBlanc. It should not be very tough. Okay, good. If yeah. you would have went the other way on that, we may have to dis disconnect nope, you on nope, the call. Nope, 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 nope. Okay. nope. nope. We got a couple other mats we're going to get into uh, before it's over. But anyway, all right. We've kind of talked draft. We've talked the Buccaneers. Um, let me ask this. If you if you were, which you're not, because you're a journalist and you're you you have integrity and you're there balanced and you're fair, but let's just put on a Buccaneer fan hat for a minute. Put one on. Pretend you're putting one on there. Just okay. That's a nice one. Is that the new draft hat? I like it. Listen, yeah, of course. If you're if you're a Buccaneer fan and you see this football team, all everybody they brought back, Tom Brady back at quarterback, the coaching staff intact. There's no question they are going to be the favorites to repeat to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl and probably the favorites to win a Super Bowl. Does that make you nervous? Does that is it the pressure? I mean, you you can go back to the 2003 team that that was seven and nine after a Super Bowl win. I mean, the, the Super Bowl hangover effect, all of those things. I mean, teams don't win. Here's a stat that I brought up the other day. I think it was in the, my Monday mailbag. The last team to win back-to-back -back Super Bowls was the Giants. I mean, was, sorry, was the uh, Tom Brady-led Patriots. But you know, in his in his twenty years, he only won back-to-back -back Super Bowls one time. Right. Um, it doesn't happen that often. And before that, you have to go back to uh, the nineties, and I think it was the Broncos that won back-to-back -back Super Bowls. So it's not an easy thing to do. But if you're a Buccaneer fan, are you confident? Are you nervous? Are you taking a wait and see approach? How are you feeling as a Buccaneer fan? Um, because right now everything is going too good. I'm one of those guys that sometimes feel like you're waiting on the other shoe to drop um, in my life. <laughs> you know, so, you know, how, how concerned, how confident would you be uh, if you're a Buccaneer fan for the 2021 Buccaneer season? I would be cautiously optimistic. Uh, your, your points there are all well taken. You know, it has been a while since anybody has repeated. Um, but I, well, let's dig into that. One of the reasons why is it's hard to keep the team together because, you know, you win a Super Bowl, then your, your free agent receiver, free agent tackle, whatever it is, their price goes up a little bit because, hey, this guy just helped his team win a Super Bowl. I, I need him on my team. Um, so that's not an issue here with Tampa Bay because, again, they somehow got all 22 guys back. So I, I think that kind of crosses one concern off. I would be concerned about injury luck. Um, it's not something you can quantify. Teams and players and everything don't like talking about it, but the injuries happen, and a lot of it is fluky, and a lot of it is luck versus unluck. I mean, you, yeah. you look at the 20, brings to college, 2013 Florida State. Obviously, they were a great team. Every starter on that team got at least a cup of coffee in the NFL, but they had fantastic injury luck, and yeah. not everybody has that. So usually if you're going to be really lucky one year, odds will catch up and, you, and you'll and you hit the other time uh, in the next year. So that's a concern that I would have. But honestly, if I were a Bucks fan, I'd just be enjoying it as much as possible because it's been a while. Who knows if it'll happen again? Maybe it will. Maybe it'll happen three more times and Brady will yeah. be 15 or who knows. Right. But I would just enjoy it while, while it's there because you know, next season starts over, no one has any idea what's going to happen. And no, Mahomes isn't getting going away. And, and and look, I mean, you know, Kansas City fans were were excited. They drafted Clyde Edward Hilaire last year. I mean, they brought majority of their team back, and and uh, and they finished fourteen and two in the regular season. But they had injuries at the tackle position uh, in that championship game, and 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 you know, and that was to me the difference in the football game. Again, I was rewatching the Super Bowl today as I was doing some work, and um, you know, the Buccaneers, you know, the pass rush was just in Patrick Mahomes' face. I just feel like if he would have had a clean pocket, there's no telling what how that game would have ended up. It certainly wouldn't have been 31-9. Uh, it would have been a much closer football game. I don't know who would have won. Um, and I think as a Buccaneer fan, you just have to be – you have to hope that you get back to the Super Bowl. Winning it is a, is a whole different ball game because, like you say, you could have an injury in the championship game at a crucial position that could throw things off, as Kansas City saw. But um, but um, but I think um, you know getting back to the Super Bowl, I think they have a very good shot. But you're right. So many things go into it. So many intangibles, you know, injuries, uh, the ball bouncing the wrong way. I mean, um, a distraction off the fields, all of those things could affect the team's ability to 
um, to, uh, to repeat, but, uh, but I'm going to be cautiously optimistic. I mean, I'm going to pick them to go 16 and oh, I really am. I think I'm going to, and you know what, Matt, I was looking at the schedule. Now we don't know who they're playing. We know who they're playing. We don't know the dates and the times and, and, and those kind of things. I don't know that there's a team that the Buccaneers won't be favored against this year. I mean, I, I, I can't off the top of my head, right? I mean, they're going to be favored against all of the NFC East teams that they face. Um, you know, they play Dallas, they play the Giants, they play Washington, um, the, you know, I, Buffalo maybe, but that's a home game. So I feel that they're going yeah. to be favored in that. Now, again, you don't know. I'm saying before the season starts, I think they would be favored right. in every game. Again, if Tom Brady goes down with the injury week one, then they're going to be um, underdogs the rest of the 15 games that they play or, or 16 now because of 17 game schedule. So all of those factors, but you know, I think uh, I, I think if this team stays relatively injury free, um, I don't think there's any reason why they can't make it back to the Super Bowl. You worry about a Super Bowl hangover to a degree. You don't worry about it with a guy like Tom Brady as much because, again, sure. Tom Brady elevates everybody around him. He knows what it takes to get back. He's not going to let these guys loaf, and they respect and they listen to Tom Brady. So having Tom Brady and Bruce Arians to a degree as well. Um, you know, who's not going to cut him any slack just because they won a Super Bowl. He's going to expect him to work just as hard. Same thing with Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles is going to expect him to work harder than they did last year and be a better defense, and I think they can be. Uh, we're going to wrap you up in just a couple minutes real quick. Matt Stafford or Matt Damon? This is a tough one. Matt Damon? I do like Matt Stafford. I mean, he's just born in Tampa and, and grew up in Dallas. I've got a lot of family in Dallas, so I like those ties, but, but Matt Damon. All right, and the last one, Matt Ryan or Matt Gay? Matt Ryan, Matty Ice. I like Matty Ice. All right. Matt Matera or Matt Baker? I'm sorry, Matt Matera. I hate it because I was going to bring Matt in, but we went long. So uh, we're not going to bring Matt Matera in. One of our great beat writers does a terrific job. I promise you, Matt, next time I end up solo, you are the man with me. I appreciate you hanging. He's been kind of in the background, you know, as, as, a, as a background guy waiting to jump in. But we're going to end this podcast in just a couple minutes. We're going to end it on, um, you know, again, taking advantage of your vast college football knowledge, something that I'm interested in, not draft wise. Who's the best player you saw in college football last year? Um, I don't I don't mean who do you think was the guy that's going to be drafted the highest, but just the best individual football player that you were able to witness in person last year in, in your job covering college football for the Times. You're making me think, but I, I, I'm going to – can I be lame and give you two? Is that legal or no? You know what? Because uh, we've we've made you pick between two mats this whole time, you're allowed to give two, mat, uh, two players as your answer. Yes, that's legal. Okay. Um, look, I, I've got a list in my head of – I've seen lots of really good players. I've been really fortunate. But there's a handful of special, special players is what I call them that, like, they were so much better than everybody else. They're not special. They're special, special. And I saw two this year. Kyle Pitts, we talked about. Every right. single every single game, he did something that's, like, holy cow. Um, I remember watching the Ole Miss game, and he schooled an edge rusher, or, like, an outside linebacker, inside linebacker, safety, nickel, corner. He had catches against all those guys. Um, so, yeah, uh, Kyle Pitts is on that list. And Devontae Smith is the other one from, from Bama. Yeah. Um, I don't care how small he is. Like, I, right. I grew up in, in Indiana. I grew up uh, a Colts fan. Marvin Harrison wasn't the biggest guy either. All he did was make a bunch of catches and have a sensational career. Devontae Smith is special, special. No, yeah. I, I watched I was in the, the press box in Atlanta for the SEC title game. I thought in my head he was going to be my Heisman guy, but I, I told somebody, I want to see him in person first. I just, I just want to see him just, just to be sure. Really, literally, it took two catches. He had one over the middle where he came up and high pointed and kept running. I, I turned to her and I said, all right, I'm convinced he's a guy. Yeah. Um, and then when I covered the national title game against Ohio State, he had a sensational game in the first quarter. Um, so, yeah, uh, to me, those two are on that special, special list and, and the two top two guys I saw this year. Surprise you that Smith is now wide receiver three, probably in this draft. Or? Yeah, that's dumb. Yeah, I, I, again, I, I know Jalen Waddle is really, really good too. I, I get that. Jamar right. Chase is extremely toolsy with the size and the speed and all that stuff. Watch the film. Demonte Smith is unbelievable. I, I don't. Again, I get the size, but I want him on my team. Uh, after yeah. I saw enough, I want him on my team. Yeah. No, I, I'm I'm really with you on that. I again, I think 
I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm I'm being silly here, but I think you know sometimes the the measurables get in the way of what people see with their eyeballs and the production. Now again, there's been a long list of guys that were extremely productive in college football that didn't pan out. Peter Wark was one of the best football players I ever saw in college football. Sure. Mediocre in the NFL. You know what I mean? Really surprising. If you would have told me that was the career he was going to have, uh, I wouldn't have necessarily believed it. But I agree with you. I think Smith is a special, special guy. Whoever ends up with him is going to be a hell of a football team. Is going to be very happy about that pick down the road. Now, lastly, before we get out of here, who's the best guy you've ever seen? Not this past year. I'm talking about, well, maybe, maybe it's one of those two guys. But best guy you've covered in person um, that you've been able to witness and, and, and see firsthand during your career with the, with the, with, in journalism? Oh, I mean, Jameis is, is in the conversation. Um, Dalvin Cook is in the conversation. Deshaun, it's probably between Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson. Lamar was so good. I, I think it's yeah. Lamar. Lamar was so good. I hate to bring this up to you, but uh, I was at the the, the game day game week yeah. three, um, sixty three to twenty. He was yeah. so. I mean, you watch him on TV and he's quick, but in person he is another level. And the yeah. only guy I've seen that's in that conversation was Michael Vick. And I didn't see him in person; I just watched him on TV. Um, Deshaun Watson was pretty darn special too. I watched it. I saw him in a. Um, you know, obviously the national championship, the Orange Crush play that won it in Tampa um, in, in January 2017 was was fantastic. He was a darn good player. I, gun to my head, off the top of my head, I, I think Lamar Jackson's the answer. I can't. Uh, I hate to agree with you on that, but um, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, gonna go ahead and just agree with you there. Um, you brought up one other thing. I said we were done. Um, Dalvin Cook. We saw his college career, his production. Um, a lot of people say you don't draft running backs in the first round, and I tend to agree to a degree because you're only going to use them probably for four years, maybe five, and then you know recycle and, and start over at that position, the way the NFL is going these days. Um, your thoughts on running backs in the first round, first. And secondly, um, who's the best running back um, in, in in this draft? Uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge uh, Najee Harris guy. Uh, but there's a certain kid up in Clemson and uh, some Clemson fans and some plenty of NFL scouts that would disagree with me on that. Your thoughts on uh, running backs in the first round and the best one in this class? Well, running backs in the first round, I was pretty adamant and wrote something for the Tampa Bay Times at TampaBay.com about why the Bucks should draft out. Because, again, he was special, special. And uh, who would they have rather had the past couple years, O.J. Howard or Dalvin? I think it's pretty clear they would have rather had Dell. Um, yeah. A lot of, you know, everybody else passed on him in the first round too. And I thought they were done <laughs> at a certain point. Right. They were done. Um, so to me, it, it has to be the right guy. And Dalvin was that. Um, and, and in terms of this year, I, I like Travis Etienne better. Um, I, I'm, I like the flash um, of him. Najee Harris is really good. I mean, he was the best player on the field in the SEC championship game where he ran well. He caught well. He was he was fantastic. Um, best player for Bam, at least, because Kyle Pitts is in that mix as well. Um, but I think I like Travis Etienne and his flash a little bit more. He's really fast. His balance is off the charts. Like that's not something I I look for when I'm watching running backs a lot, but it is off the charts. Um, and you know his his uh, former co-OC at Clemson, now the head coach at USF, Jeff Scott, compared him to Barry Sanders. I mean, that's a little lofty because Barry Sanders was obviously fantastic, but right. I don't know Travis Etienne is really, really good. And if I had to pick between the two, I would take uh, I would take Etienne. And honestly, I would not look away from either if I'm the Bucks, Because, again, it's going to be that best available player who's right. the guy that can help me now. I think either of those could be very strong weapons that could play immediately and help that team uh, try to win another Lombardi. Man, I could go on for another hour. I'm not going to do that. Uh, I appreciate your time, my friend, and uh, ho hopefully we can have you back in the, in, in the future on the podcast. We would certainly appreciate it. You've given us a lot to think about and um, love your insight on things and, and your fairness, and uh, you do good work for the Tampa Bay Times. So thanks a lot, Matt. We certainly appreciate it, but thanks, man. We'll sure. catch up with you later uh, down the road. Thank you. All right. We're about done. Uh, with the podcast. A couple things I want to remind you about. The pewterreport.com draft show 
sponsored by Edmondson Electric AC and Securities, begins tomorrow night, Thursday night, April 29th at 7 p.m. Scott and John will be live an hour before the draft starts discussing things. And then on Friday, we'll be back again a little ahead of time, 6 p.m. That's Friday, April 30th. And then on Saturday, another all-day marathon of Scott and John and, and some of the other guys, too. Uh, we'll have some guests probably on Saturday, but May 1st, 11 a.m. Again, make sure you're tuned in. Go to Pewter Report TV on YouTube. Subscribe. Uh, we want you to watch it, though, actually on pewterreport.com. I mean, you can go to YouTube if you want to, but um, but we want you to go to the uh, the website and, and watch it. We expect to have a, um, a good time, as we always have. I was joking with Scott earlier. I, I went back and watched some of the... Um, some of our old draft shows when we first started four or five years ago with, with Trevor. And, and again, at the time they were, you know, they were groundbreaking, right? No media outlet was doing live broadcast throughout the entire three days of the draft. Uh, but they're pretty primitive compared to the technology and the way things have changed. I think this show, I know this show is going to be uh, this weekend's going to be the best one that we've ever done. Certainly with Scott's knowledge and uh, and also with um, with John's knowledge as well. Um, hang on, let me click this comment off here so you can see the full screen. Oh, I don't know how to do that. Oh well, I'm probably going to get yelled at. Scott told me how, but I can't find the comment to remove it. So anyway, sorry. I know it's annoying to. There it goes. It's gone. Somebody did that for me. Probably Matt Matera, who's in the background. I hope so. Anyway, but uh, make sure to check out the draft show and make sure if you have any needs in terms of your electric issues, AC or security that you contact uh, Kevin uh, and Edmondson Electric. And again, even if you don't have any needs, I appreciate it if you give them a call, send them an email. Thank them for sponsoring um, the draft show. It's going to be again this weekend, all three days of the draft, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. We didn't really have a chance to talk about AB being back. We talked about it briefly with Matt at the very beginning. Matt Matera and I were going to discuss it a little bit more, but at this point, since it happened this morning, everybody kind of knows about it. Uh, it is what it is. He's back again, and, uh, and and this team just gets better and better, and uh, I don't think um, I don't think Buck fans are going to complain that a talented football player is going to be back um, uh, with the Buccaneers, and um, Anyway, well, now I'm double. Now, I definitely don't know how to fix this. Uh, hang on. Wait. Nope, that didn't work. Oh, well. Well, I'm going to sign off as uh, as you're probably confused about why there's two panels of me split up like that. Man, I got to get better at this. But anyway, or Scott John's never going to let me host it again. But for our good friends at Briar Greaves, for our good friends at Celsius, of course, don't forget the Celsius giveaway this is huge 10 people are going to win a one month supply and one person is actually going to win an autograph scotty miller football the way that you do that is you subscribe to pewter report tv on youtube then you follow celsius official on facebook twitter or instagram you follow scotty miller at miller time three underscores 10 on twitter or instagram then what you do is you screenshot all of these things that you do and then you submit the entry to uh, celsius.com backslash pewter and they will draw a winner out uh the you have until may 1st to do this that is the deadline to get your information in you can win an autograph scott the exit you see that picture of scotty miller signing the ball that is the one that you're going to get that exact football a super bowl champion football signed by scotty miller it's free to subscribe to all these things at the very least uh, you know, you'll get to learn more about Celsius, but uh, you may be a winner of a one-month supply of your favorite Celsius flavor, so make sure to do that. For Matt Baker, for Matt Matera, for John, for Scott, for Taylor Jenkins, for everybody that helps us out here at Pewter Report, I'm Mark Cook saying we will see you again tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. Don't forget our big draft show here on Pewter Report's podcast. Out.